This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. Bonjour. Bonjour. Hi. Hello. Oh, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. This is a second time doing it because Erica said hola. <laughs> I like to have fun. What can I say? You do like to have fun. But uh, we are doing our first episode in a car. We yeah. are. Because why not? Because we are on assignment recording episodes for our... Top s- secret mission. For season, season four. four. Yeah. And we're in a remote location. We won't say where we are. But, but we're, just, in, we're in a parking lot where it's raining. Um, there's puddles everywhere and some snow. And there's an old man snoring. Sure. Okay. Because it's raining, it's pouring. Oh, oh I got yeah. it. Yeah. That was funny, yeah. guys. Yeah. Right over my head. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we have an awesome episode. Erica took a plane trip for this episode. Yeah, we're releasing the second episode for my trip down to New Orleans. Nolans. New Orleans. New Orleans. What does he say? Uh, and we talked to our friends over at... Brewcarie. Yeah, and I'm very excited. Which might be the first time I've said that correctly. Brewcarie. I said it right the you first said, time. You did, yeah. yeah so I, that I was also Ryan last week. That. Last week I said it right, too. Yeah, that's true. If we had French expert Mike here... He would really be able to he'd nail deep it. dive. He'd nail this. it. He'd take yeah. his high school education and really, oh, brocari. I yeah. can't even do it. I don't I, even know. Oh. Was that French? I don't know. It was something. It was. Yeah. So anyways, how have your weeks been? Good. We okay. haven't seen Erica for a while. I know. She was we on haven't. assignment. I've been incognito. No, nah, you were just on assignment. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I've been crazy uh, finishing all my finals. You're so finally I, done now, too, right? I am finally Woo! done. I still have one show that I'm finishing oh, up. Oh, yeah. But I needed to haul ass in order to hang out with you guys all day today. So It was worth it, though, it, Ryan. It's, it's, totally worth, it's it. worth it. We're meeting a lot of really cool people today, Woo-hoo. and we're really excited for you guys to listen to this interview. We are. We are. Uh, so we won't be doing a mystery beer today, yeah. but in the vein of last week, we were talking about what's important uh, holiday-wise for you. So, Erica, what's important to you during the holidays? Um, seeing family? That seems like a question. I guess. Yeah, are you not excited to see family? <laughs> no, I am, but it's a lot of work. I yeah. literally have like six, eight different families that I have to plan to Yikes. try and figure out how yeah. to see them. So, it's a very stressful time. But once I get to there and I see them and I have a few beers, it's all good. <laughs> now, are there a beer that you're, you are looking forward to enjoying? Once your life becomes mm. less crazy. Yeah, sharing yeah, instead of like enjoying. Sh- yeah. Um, I think that's like part of the fun, sharing a really good beer with somebody. Yeah, my family doesn't really drink beer, so I usually just drink beer by myself. Oh, so you share yeah, it with yourself? I share it with myself. It's All cool. Right. Um, no, I don't really have anything in mind. Um, something I'm sure will pop up. Yeah. Probably, probably some, um, I know, I think I said this last week too, but probably some of the monks' beer that I'm forgetting their name right now. Are you okay. talking about in Massachusetts? Yeah. Why am I oh my god. Uh, Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Yes. Just because I feel like I always, yeah, I always have their beer around the holidays. I think. That's oh, so kinda, good. I don't know why they make. I think they make the holiday ale I've that maybe never, I drink. I don't I've know. Never. They did a New England had this. I'll bring some more to you. Sometime. Do you know they did a New England style IPA? They do now. Yeah. yeah. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I had it on can. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So what about you guys? What do you guys dreaming uh, of? I said it last week, but that I I bought um. More of that Wormtown Blizzard seventy eight. Oh yeah. But I've been crushing a lot of Prairie Artisan Ale. Um, nice. Prairie's so good. So good. Um, yeah, it's like everyone I talk to, they're like, "Oh, I love Prairie." 
uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you had that on tap with us at uh, yes. Uh, what was that called? What place? Oh man, uh, row thirty four. Yeah. yeah, we had Ryan had um, oysters for the first time with Prairie Beer. That's I did. right. That's yes. right. I heard this story. Yeah, I think uh, though, like the beer that I really want to try and get my hands on is just a crap ton of shillings. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they they do their beer. Instagram has been making me drool this last week and a half. They nice. just keep posting like all of these great beer releases and i'm like Sick. i want all of them <laughs> um but you're so far away <laughs> i am well i mean i they distribute a lot of the stuff especially like really? the, the goza series okay. they do a good job distributing the goza series and i always look forward to you know seeing what they have um new in that series so yeah. I'll, I'll take a look at my local shop and see if i can find anything new hmm. so yeah so Last night I watched the movie Home Alone. You did, and I was thinking, I was thinking about this movie and how like ridiculous it is, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but, yeah. but like <laughs> I just wanted to share it with you guys and get your your thoughts about it. Do you think Home Alone is a Christmas movie? Yeah. Yes, because it's about family. Oh yeah, you can't think about family any other time of the year. But it's like it's like it's the, very, the part one of the, the one movie anyways is very holiday esque I think. But is it only holiday esque because are. it's the time frame is during Christmas? Like his family couldn't have went away for Fourth well, of July. It's all about Christmas, yeah. If they went away. Right, oh, bleh, if they went away on Fourth of July, then it would not be a Christmas movie. But it's a Christmas movie because it's Christmas time without your family. Yeah, but what's the theme of the movie? It's Christmas. Time. No, what's the theme of the movie? Some child prankster. He's trying to defend his house from robbers. Exactly. You can't. You can't. But it's defend during your house. Christmas, so it's a yeah, Christmas. That's movie. just a time frame. It's just like Die Hard. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Fuck you. It's a Christmas. Is movie. it a Christmas movie? Yep. What's the problem? Harry Potter? Mic drop. Yeah, that's like saying <laughs> Harry Potter's a, a Christmas movie. It's not. Okay, I'm not even I, arguing with you people. It's a Christmas <laughs> movie. All right. Well, we're gonna drink some more beer and discuss okay. this off air. Okay. But, anyways, it's fun to do. Brewers, and we're really thankful during this time of the year. <laughs> we love all you guys. Yeah, so uh, we we do, and we're really excited about this interview. Yeah, and yeah. next week we... is our last episode of the year. I, yeah, what week is this? No, yeah, yes, it is. Ooh. It is because we're going to take a two week hiatus. This will be during you know the holidays, and so you guys yep. can spend some time with your family, and we can spend some time with our family. Yeah, yep. it's true. Um. And I guess we should also thank everyone who came to that crafted event too. Oh yeah, that that right. Thank you. Right. Thank um, you. That was a ton of fun. Thank you to all who came, especially the one guy who actually follows us and came because we were like yeah. we mentioned it on air. And all the new followers who and uh, all the new followers who now follow us. Yeah. Um, and Ryan, you know what I'd like to do right here, if possible? Yes. Is we have some audio from Christine from Crafted and. Uh, I'd like to play that, you know, three-minute clip right here, if we possible. Yeah, we can do that before totally. we uh, hear a word from our sponsors. Yeah, so I think Ooh. we're going to take it away with Christine from Crafted, kind of talking about the event. And uh, we're excited to do more stuff with her and maybe bring her brand up into the North Shore area. Yeah, um, but totally. other than that... Um, Check that out and then stay tuned for Brew Curry. Yep, and our episode next week, because it's going to be crazy. Gorilla! Cheers. 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 All right. So, <laughs> believe it or not, we are still here. Where we haven't we? been kicked out yet. Yeah. No, not we th- haven't kicked out. Not I that mean, we get kicked out at locations, no. but. Not We're usually. About it. We make it here. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what'd you say? We 
may kick you guys out soon. I don't know. She might. I have an eye on you. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we are here, like we said, at the Suffolk County uh, Brew Festival. Yeah. So if you can't tell, we are with Christine of Crafted Company. Owner, founder. Owner, founder. You've been doing a lot of things just being the... Lover of beer. Yeah. Then other just being the (laughs) owner and founder today. So you're running around, putting trash bags in bags, Um, distributing ice. Yeah. The thing nobody tells you. Founders do it all. Yeah. (laughs) Literally not just sitting in a comfy chair, yeah. ordering people around. Counting money. No, it's not yeah, really right. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give us a little bit of background about Crafted. Uh, like, how did it start and what's your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been in events for a while now. Um, and let's see, two and a half years ago, I started Crafted Company. Um, kind of going to breweries, one, seeing what cool event spaces they are. And then secondly... Um, you know, seeing that these are really small teams that could use additional support on events and marketing. So I can come in, Crafted can come in and uh, support some of those. And then we also do these really fun events. We do um, a tasting series called Beers with the Brewers, which is a guided tasting in tap rooms. We are now doing the County Beer Festival series. And we are also doing some cool themed tap room trivia, which is our latest endeavor. So nice. Are you good at trivia, Christine? Um, actually, this is my hidden talent is being a <laughs> trivia host. Um, I didn't originally think that that's what I was going to be doing when we launched it. But, <laughs> you know, again, founders do it all. So yeah. just yeah. jumped I've, up there on the mic. I've actually been to one of your trivia events with Pink Boots. Yes. And it was so much fun. So you guys are doing great with that. Thank you. Can't wait. It's a lot of fun. And the different themes, we do like 80s, 90s. We're doing a lot of holiday movie trivia. Yeah, Yeah, I think we're doing one at Brado coming up, right? We are, yeah. Just shouting that out. It's like you did your homework. Weird. (laughs) Um, So talk about, people often look at these events and they go, oh, it must be so easy to to throw one of these, right? You, You get brewers and people will come, right? It's not easy, right? No, unfortunately. <laughs> you make not. it look it though, so that's good. Yeah, you're right. so. Thank you. I very much appreciate that. Um, it isn't easy. Um, I would say it is great to have so many great partners that we're working with. The breweries are all so wonderful, so gracious. Um, our food vendors, our different artists and makers. Um, so that part does make it awesome. Um, it's just a you know with anything, a lot of moving pieces. So. You know, just it all comes together right at the end. So you just don't sleep a lot in the right. last yeah. couple of days. Right. All good. What are the days after an event like this look like for you? You just shut your Nothing. phone off for yeah. 24 hours? Or- Hiding in a corner. So usually there is this like wrap up that has to happen at the end, unfortunately. So yeah. it's never quite over uh, until a few days after. And then... Um, and then we have like our jam-packed trivia. So it never stops. It never stops. It's going to be great. It's, it's just always great. going. Yeah. <laughs> just keep it moving. Nice. Cool. So what kind of beer are you into? Like what, what you have beer from all over. And I, I think it's hard sometimes when you're running an event, you want to put your own personal, you know, I like this brewery, I like this brewery. But or you don't want to, you know, pick anything personal because you're going everywhere, right? Right, right. Totally. Um, But do you have a favorite? Yeah. Um, I... In terms of, like, favorite beer, I would say usually, you know, I'm kind of in a work mode when I'm at a brewery. Um, So I love a a Pilsner situation. Yeah. (laughs) Something light Um, and crushable. (laughs) Yes. Um, Dorchester Brewing, which I live right in Southeast. Oh, nice. Around the corner from there. So they have an awesome Pilsner. Um, In the winter, though, 
classic love a stout. Yeah. Um, what stout or other beers are you crushing this season? I had, um, let's see, I was at Warden Hall the other night, and who was it? I'm going to totally, like, That's I had fine. two stouts <laughs> from there. Again, event brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, man. One was a milk stout. It was so good. Hey, I think if you just have beers, all you those adjectives yeah. together, yeah. it's good, right? For sure. Just, For just sure. look at the word in Hall yeah. view. It's <laughs> on there somewhere. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, what can we look forward to into 2020? I mean, we're right around the corner from 2020. Uh, what, what plans are for Crafted Company? It's coming in quick. Yep. Um, so, one, we are going to continue, uh, the plan is to continue with these county beer festivals. Yeah. So, we have done... Anyone um, in Essex County by any chance? So, we actually haven't gotten <laughs> to Essex County yet. Um, that will hopefully be in the not-too-distant future. Ooh, let us know, because uh, we all live in Essex County. All so. right. <laughs> you'll, you'll be first on the list. Uh, so, we've done our Beers at the Brewers series, uh, Suffolk, Norfolk. Uh, Bristol, Middlesex, so we'll probably, oh, nice. oh Worcester County as well, cool. so we'll yeah. probably hit some of those counties first with our County Beer Festival yep. and then continue to do Beers with the Brewers and our County Beer Festivals awesome. in other spots. And then, uh, not to plug it too many times, but the trivia, we're going to do <laughs> Trivia people, yeah. come to trivia. Trivia, yeah. follow our site, come to trivia. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're working on, and hopefully working with nice. even more awesome brewery clients. Uh, cool. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Christine, Love do you it. have a first memory of beer? Ooh. So, I guess, and I, I listen to the podcast, so... Oh, she does. Um, everyone, I Is it like going to be the college classic, one? Yeah. Well, no, I, my parents. Okay, like, cool. So, my dad... Your dad's very into beer. My dad is very into yes. beer. He's... Um, <laughs> Many people know he's here today. He's probably. Yep, I've seen him wandering. I think he's probably. Was he the gentleman know, who gave us all no, the follows? No, 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 it was no. not him. Actually, <laughs> he's not on the social media. Okay, no, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, but he is Crafted's number one fan, my biggest helper. Um, yep. But you know, he loves loves beer, and just as a kid, I saw him having his like Harpoon IPA. And yeah. then actually what really got me into the craft beer scene more recently was we started going to Harpoon's X Nights together. Cool. Um, back when I moved back up to Boston a little bit ago. And, you know, we, we had the year-long pass, so we were going every nice. month, and it was yeah. just a lot of fun. Uh, and, and that's kind of where the idea for Crafted started to form. So. Shout out Harpoon. Christine, where are you from? Where did you go to school? You were, you mentioned you um, went so, down, was that, I'm assuming, yeah, for school? so um, I grew up in Easton, so cool. in the Boston area. Yes. And shout out Shoveltown. Um, <laughs> and yes. then I moved down to D.C. I went to George Washington University. Cool. Awesome. Studied events and marketing there, so yep. had the bug for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And how does the Boston beer scene compare to, I'm sure you've traveled, to any beer scene in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's... Like pretty rad. It's here. okay. You can say it's the best. We say it's it everywhere. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to just like yeah. say it's no, the best no, just because no. we're from here. But we know it's okay. It, I think we got the best the, sports teams. We got the best beer. Come on. <laughs> I think one of the coolest things too is, um, you know, just the like the town, the thing that's happening in local towns where it's becoming like a brewery destination, yeah. where it's like. You know, um, almost back in time, 400 years, exactly, how it used to be. You know, yeah. There are three right. breweries in a town, so that's becoming like a spot to go visit. Right, right. They're collaborating. I think that's really cool. 
I, I don't have a great sense if that happens in other areas in the country, but I feel like that's really strong yeah. um, in Boston that there's like a great collaboration happening there too. Yeah, it's almost sure. like Massachusetts is small enough yet big enough to have a little bit of distance between the towns. Yeah. So it's right. small enough where it's not go, a pain to travel. Exactly. Yep. And Everywhere. also it's cool. We have, we're not far from a lot of great beer cities too. You know, mm-hmm. I just did a trip up to Burlington. Oh yeah. So much fun. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, just froze and walk around and drink some Yeah, beer. Yeah, <laughs> nothing warm, wrong with that. Yeah. Do you only focus in Massachusetts or are there plans for Craft Company to go outside of Massachusetts? So my hope is that we will start spreading out beyond cool. Massachusetts. So far, have been really focused on Mass. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I've, as I mentioned, I'm Boston-based, so it's makes it easier to start Definitely. here and then um, you know, work our way from there. Yeah. Uh, but I think we will spread both north and south yes. in the very near future. That's awesome. Um, I love I love just New England in general. There are just so many great sure. awesome towns yeah. and a lot of great beer. So yep. we'll, keep, awesome. we'll keep it moving. <laughs> so, Christine, we have, a lo- we have a lot of brewers who listen to the podcast and maybe who have not partnered up with you. What's the best contact to get in contact with you? to uh, have them link up. Um, so come find me in Southie, working at oh, yeah. one of the cafes. No, <laughs> um, no but you can. Um, and uh, craftedcompany.com is our website. There's okay. no E in crafted, so C-R-A-F-T-D. That's all of our social media pages as nice. well, at Crafted Company. And then my email is Christine, C-H, at cra- Christine at craftedcompany.com. Excellent. Love it. Well, we hope to see you up in the North Shore area. Yes, soon. I know. We're, we're putting it on the list. All right. And uh, awesome. until next time, we want to get you on a full-length episode because I think sure. what you guys are doing is really cool. And yeah. uh, we do a little similar thing, but I love that you guys get to do that in person and, yeah, and kind of have it exactly. intimate and try some beers with the, yeah. with the brewers. So, so yeah. cheers. But you were going to say something. No, oh, come no, on, come I, on. I was just going to say, I think uh, that's been the coolest part is kind of, um, you know, introducing people to new breweries and sure. beer. And also everything we do, my my hope is that it's like super um, just approachable. And so yeah. you don't have to know a lot about beer to come to one of these events. And you, you can get to know the breweries that are in your area and then go back and visit them. Um so very focused on the local and the community and all that good vibes. We love that. Love it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. Well, all right. Guys, well, we won't keep here. you any longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Thank you for taking the time and hanging out. Anytime, guys. Thanks Excellent. so much. I'm glad we got you early. <laughs> take, take care. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, They team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. All right. Welcome, listeners. This is Erica here. No Matt today because I'm in New Orleans. I was here for the ASBC conference, which was awesome. And yeah, I was lucky enough to get this new brewery here for you guys. And 
we're just gonna go with that. So would you just introduce yourself, where we are, your role here, and your first memory of beer? Hey, this is Robert Bostick with Brucare Brewing Company in, uh, in the Marini in New Orleans. So we've been open uh, a little over two years now. We opened up on uh, April 1st of 2017. Um, so we had a really good time whenever we had, we're telling people that we're opening, we're like, no, really, we are opening, no joke. Um, so here we are going into year three. We're started, starting to grow some hops and turn, it in, uh, turn our beer garden into a, a nice little urban farm back here. Um, starting to play with a lot more barrels and stuff and uh, really having fun in this funky city. My first memory of beer. Um, most Louisiana-born kids have beer at a very early age. So, I mean, I remember drinking sips of, like, my dad's Heineken when we were super young. Um, nothing really stuck, though, until until college when, uh, you know, we started getting old English. Uh, so malt liquor is, is where I started going towards. Uh, and finally, I started getting into uh, Warsteiner Dunkel, which which was like the the pivotal beer that Delirium Tremens and started realizing the, the Belgian the Belgian Trappist Ales and stuff like that. That's where we started really developing a taste for uh, better beer. Awesome. So then the next question that I got, you know, what was your original plan? I assume we didn't like grow up saying I want to be a brewer or maybe you did. I mean, that's cool too. Um, but you know, it's usually not the goal. Um, so where did you start and how did you come to be here? So, so I actually started, uh, started off in college doing, uh, architecture, then mechanical engineering, then realized that I, I just liked construction more than anything. Um, but throughout college, uh, even before I was 21, it was, it was always just financially made more sense for us to brew our own beer. Uh, the beer always turned out pretty bad when we first started. Um, and then as we, as I got out of school, uh, got a project management degree, so I had some, uh, dispensable income whatever and uh and so that hobby kind of took off um and then in 2014 we started noticing that that uh tourism revenue was surpassing what it was pre-katrina here and i've already traveled around the country seeing seeing denver and uh and a lot of the other big cities like their beer culture was just crazy and so here we didn't really have that we had manufacturing breweries tap rooms weren't a thing yet um you'd really go around bar to bar following sales reps for whatever beer they were releasing. And it was, you know, once or twice a week, they might've had something going on. Um, I, I think brown ales were like the coolest thing back then because we had local brown and blonde ales. Um, and then the more and more we started traveling, we realized, all right, this is something that I think we can do. Um, and being that I'm from New Orleans, a lot of the other brewers are, are transplants from outside of the uh, city. So it's really fun to, to kind of give you a home, you know, homegrown vibe. <laughs> All right, cool. So you're, you said, born and raised here, um, which is really pretty cool. What, I mean, obviously you want to stay in here, obviously, right? So um, what made you choose this location? Just happened to be available, basically? So zoning, when we were uh, looking for a spot, was really, really difficult. So the city didn't have a definition for microbrewery yet. Um, the best we could do is find something that was zoned light industrial. Um, and so I spent about a year going back and forth in and out of negotiations for properties. Uh, and finally, after a year of getting pulled around with our uh, real estate agent, um, I got sick of dealing with her. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop for a little bit. Let me just go on Craigslist, and then within an hour of me looking on Craigslist, this one little spot is a group of three buildings over here that was zoned specifically for a microbrewery, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, so I paid, you know, pennies on the dollar for uh, for renting this spot compared to other spots in the city, and so we're like, you know what? This is a really tiny spot, but it's super intimate. Uh, we had a lot of. Ex- um, drew a lot of inspiration from like true in in colorado so they have that shotgun style where it's just a really long building but you know maybe 20 feet wide the whole way so it's something that uh that we really wanted to play with here so was it just you or were you and a buddy homebrewing the entire time and decided to do this or you just like okay i'm doing this now i have to hire people to make this happen (laughs) yeah so it, it was me uh so i started the whole thing myself um I started this right out of college, so it was very much grassroots, scraped together whatever money we can. Um, so I actually leveraged a used car for my first loan to put a down payment on the property to reserve it. I used that and uh, to start writing my business plan to get several really, really small investors that just own 1% each. Uh, after getting those investors, I actually leveraged all of those just to get a loan for our equipment. Um, and then ended up hiring a good friend of mine uh, that kind of started with me. He stayed around for a few months before having to move and take care of some twins. Um, but then, yeah, and then realized, you know what, home brewing is definitely not the same. Um, so I was lucky. I had uh, I had two brewers come on. First was uh, Charles. Um, he came over from 40 Arpent, which is a local brewery that closed a few months after we opened. And um, yeah, he walked straight on and he showed us how to clean everything. So our beard just grew exponentially from there. Um, and then we got on uh, other guy, Grant, who's cleaning kegs right now. So he had experience from another brewery in the city, second line. And, uh, and both of them kind of took us to, to another level and they were able to experiment a little bit more. Well, that's huge. So <laughs> lucky you guys for that. That's really awesome. Um, and I guess too, the, uh, how did you guys come up with the name? I mean, all the names here are completely foreign to me. Coming from Boston, the French words. I took Spanish in high school. I, I don't even, I suck at it. So <laughs> how did you come up with that? So uh, so the name of the brewery is Brucare. Uh, the French quarter is uh, Vucare. So it means old square in French. Um, so I made this ridiculously local name. So at first when we came up to it, we were like, man, this is super clever. Um, then, you know, months after I already filed everything with that name, I'm like, all right, uh, nobody's gonna be able to pronounce this so this is this is great this probably isn't like a mass market name um but this is all happening at the same time where people are complaining about all the good bun, uh puns being taken in in the beer world and uh and i always thought that was goofy because you could just name random stuff you know and so like you know let's just roll with it uh, it's funny we'll just start putting x's in a bunch of our names and nobody's gonna know how to pronounce anything <laughs> Well, it's working out pretty well so far. Were there any other names that you were playing around with, or was that really just it? You went with that? Yeah, so there's a few names I was playing around with. Uh, the first name I was going for was uh, Voodoo Bruco. And uh, oddly enough, there's one in Pennsylvania where voodoo was not nearly as pre- prevalent, you know? So we're like, all right, somebody in Pennsylvania snagged that one. Um, we had another concept where I'd have two pilot breweries where we just use uh, like gypsy brewers and kind of battle against each other called dueling pilots and, uh, and realized that was going to be a monster of a business plan to try to undertake and couldn't, fi- yeah, couldn't figure out how to make that work. 
Um, so Brewcare came along, and, and it actually started off to be a giant mic, uh, manufacturing brewery because this model wasn't legal yet. Um, and then halfway through me writing the business plan, uh, laws changed, and I was like, all right, well, we can switch gears now. Now I don't have to do this giant, massive project. I could do something where it's more intimate. Uh, we can experiment a lot more. We don't have to brew a blonde and brown ale. Um, so here we are. So talk to me about that uh, change there in legalization. So you were allowed to only be like a sample place before, or what were the legalizations there that changed? Yeah, so in 2014, early 2014, um, you weren't actually allowed to sell your beer on site. Even as a manufacturing brewer, you're allowed to do free tours and tastings, um, but you couldn't actually sell like a pint of beer on site. Um, so the idea of developing a business model around sales coming through a tap room, just it, it would have never worked. Yeah. worked. Um, but your margins are so much higher in this uh and you don't have that crazy investment up front. You don't have to deal with a distributor. You know, you can really just just have fun with it so it doesn't become too much of a business besides a hobby. Do you think that plays a role in the fact that there's really only a couple of you guys in this area? I mean, just being in downtown New Orleans, there's not many of you guys that are even walking distance, you know. So has that played a role, you think? Yeah, so... Uh, from us opening, um, there were a few other breweries that had the same idea around the same time. Us, Parlow, uh, Courtyard opened up a few years before us. Um, the people were still trying to wrap their head around the, the neighborhood brewery model. Um, a lot of people here, we still have to educate our drinkers. You know, craft beer is like something crazy, especially now with hazy IPAs. Like, dear God, I can't see through it. <laughs> Um, so everybody's looking for a Bud Light alternative or something like that. So we're consistently trying to educate our drinkers. Um, and now there's a new wave of more and more breweries that are getting ready to pop up. And they're all following that neighborhood model. Um, as more and more breweries start to open across the country, this is kind of the model where you start seeing become more prevalent. Um, and New Orleans is definitely on the very early, early stages of it, which is cool. No, it's awesome to see this whole area growing for you guys. Um, so going back again then, talking about distribution, do you distribute, do you plan to distribute, and can you self-distribute? Like, how does that even work down here? So I know up in Massachusetts and New England, we can self-distribute to a certain extent. Um, so Louisiana has terrible business uh, beer laws. We're, we're about nine years behind everybody. Um, I work a good bit with the Louisiana Brewers Guild. Uh, Self-distribution is not legal here. Uh, we all, we're all tied to a three-tier system. Um, so this model, we are only allowed to sell on-site only. We don't distribute at all. Uh, if we were, we could change our license and then we would be allowed to sell 10% uh, or 250 barrels per month, whatever is greater, um, which that would work, but you still need to be in a partnership with a distributor. Um, so we, we continuously fight each year. I think we're going on like three really aggressive, we'll call it aggressive from previous years of, of uh, the Brewers Guild trying to fight to change laws. So next year will be a big push for self-distribution again to try to put us on par with the 39 other states that already do it. Um, so hopefully we'll, get, we'll start to catch up over the next few years. Awesome. We'll uh, cross our fingers for you guys. <laughs> um, so then backtracking to let's uh, talk more about your beer. What did you first start brewing? And maybe do you have a flagship beer that you brew all the time? So we do not have a flagship beer. 
Um, the beer, though, that, that kind of got me into wanting to open a brewery was our Falcon Warrior Double IPA. It was a super resinous, old-school West Coast IPA. Um, after th- that was probably like the epitome of homebrewing for me when you started developing like a Pliny the Elder type clone, right? Um, when we started hitting that, we were like, you know what? I had some friends over there like, why, why the hell aren't you opening a brewery? Because um, I've always started a few other businesses as far as contracting goes. And I was like, you know what? All right, I'll start writing this business plan and start figuring it out. Um, but now there's, there's really not a, there's not a style that I gravitate towards. Every style is very unique. Um, one thing we take pride in here is uh, while we follow BJCP guidelines to a point, uh, we really stretch the styles as far as we can either way. We don't really follow middle of the road uh, with it because that's not how beers and you know that's not how beers meant to be. Um, so we brew beer to the flavor profile we want and we find it the closest matching style. And a lot of times we're definitely off of it and it, and it just makes it fun. That's awesome that you guys do that. I wish more breweries felt like they could be more free with that kind of stuff because that's what it's all about for me just the creativity and the art behind the beer not just sticking to these rules and and styles exactly it's boring yeah Same IPA 400 times yeah. yeah exactly right i mean i know you have on tap right now um a smoked goze which i don't know if i've seen before like that's just super awesome and different um so really cool do you have a favorite beer to brew i know you were talking about like your Pliny elder uh clone for instance but um, so a lot of our beers that we're having more fun brewing is, uh, really nailed more of the sour beers. Um, so we've done kettle sours for a long time with Greek yogurt, which was like, that was like the economical way for us to make sour <laughs> beer, but we're using the same, same strains of bacteria just in a, uh, consolidated environment where we can control it in a small space. But, uh, but now we have a whole stainless tank devoted to our house culture of Brett. Uh, we actually just built a barrel room behind our beer garden. Uh, so next week we start loading that up with barrels. So we'll have real sours coming out soon. Um, we've partnered up with a local home brewer who's, uh, who should be going professional pretty soon um, to do a bunch of sour pitches as well in a small little barrel room we have inside. And uh, those will kind of kick off the, the sour program we have, which would be killer. Very cool. So now you have to tell me about this yogurt culture. Like, that's awesome. So there's just like a way to pinch some pennies pretty much i mean very similar uh strain i suppose do you still do that or now you have your own culture you don't need to really do that anymore yeah so we still use greek yogurt uh greek gods and uh and blue mountain yogurt from uh from whole foods both of those if you use like a fat-free unpasteurized yogurt they both use have strains of lacto in it that that's exactly what you use to develop a really complex acidity uh, but instead of developing that acidity over, you know, six months, we were able to do it over a couple, uh, 24 to 48 hours. And so we could we could spend like 200 bucks for a proper pitch of that same exact strain, or we can go spend $10 on a bucket of yogurt, and we actually get the same uh, same effect. Very cool. So um, what size are you at now, and you're looking to grow? I mean, obviously, you're talking about the barrels now. That's really cool. Are you growing at all? inside and it looked pretty tight in there so <laughs> i don't know how much more growing you're gonna be able to do but yeah yeah so we're growing uh we're growing a good bit right now so the the barrel room right now um actually triples our capacity as fermentation space um right now we're able to brew about 1100 barrels per year and we're in the we're in the 500 barrel per range right now which for 100 percent on site is great for us 
Uh, we're going to add another 48 barrels of capacity and just straight souring uh, in our souring facility. Uh, we're also moving upstairs, so a second bar is going to open up later this year um, with a full kitchen. So we'll have a full full menu, um, full menu second bar that'll fit. I think we have 12 seats downstairs, so maybe like another 40 seats upstairs. So another another small space, but not as small as the the tap room there. And then uh, the beer garden is going to continue pushing back as well. That's awesome because right now it's a very cozy spot and I love it, but. It looks really tight. <laughs> so it's really cool like, going upstairs and um, the food is obviously a huge plus. I know my always my big complaint is always I need like a snack or something so I can keep drinking, obviously. <laughs> um, do you do anything to stay connected to the local area? Like do you work with the community and stuff? Yeah, so every every brewery here definitely uh, is very involved with their with the community. Um, New Orleans is a really weird eclectic place. Uh, and it's hard to describe, but um, I mean, we, we do everything from uh, teaming up with uh, the Alzheimer's Association, which we still have flowers up because we had an event last uh, yesterday raising money for them. Um, Pride is a big thing here, so we, we definitely are involved in, in the community every which way. Um, and ironically, one of the only ways breweries like us that are only on site can actually serve beer at festivals, it has to go through a 501c3 nonprofit. So, uh, so the state actually forces us in a lot of ways to be involved with a lot of our nonprofits, which is cool. Uh, so we develop a bunch of friendships just from doing our festivals. That's actually not such a bad workaround. I mean, there's worse things, right? Yeah, exactly. It's one thing they're doing all right. Um, do you think about the environment at all when you're brewing here? Like, do you try to stay environmentally friendly with stuff? Or yeah, so uh, sustainability is a is a big thing for for most breweries, uh, especially us on a small scale. Um, I probably get it in me a lot from architecture. So when we first started, uh, when we first started in architecture, uh, everything was sustainability. So that, that word was getting tossed around so much before anybody really took to what it meant. Um, brewing itself, you're already able to use so many of the byproducts for other things. So all of our grain goes to our local farmer. Um, the way our brew system is set up, our hot liquor tank, is underneath the mash tun. So as we heat up water, the energy we use to heat up that water is used to insulate the mash. Uh, when we actually chill everything down, that water that we use through a heat exchanger gets run right back into our hot liquor tank. So we're actually using the heat that's already produced to continuously heat the hot liquor tank. Um, so stuff like that, it makes us a little bit more environmentally conscious. Uh, as we grow, we're able to start uh, start developing that last 20% of being really, really conscious. Uh, uh, but right now, as small as we can get, I think we've used more square, more cubic inches than anybody else has used in a small space like this. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> Going up instead of out, that's pretty great. Um, so I guess the other thought too is it is so hot here, right? It's like 90 and 63% humidity. It's insane. Um, how does your glycol chiller work? I mean, you guys must have like a massive system or something crazy. Our glycol chiller is about two and a half times what we need for our system. Uh, the idea was to keep it for growth to eventually do an outside tank. Um, one of the cool things we have now though is, uh, is these Vike strains are starting to become really popular. And, uh, and so instead of us brewing and having to ferment everything in, in the 60s or, you know, or 50s, um, we're able to ferment in the 90s now. 
So for, for us, that's two things. We increase our capacity because we're able to turn out beers faster. Um, we don't have to use as much energy and we just kind of let this natural product start taking over and, uh, and really helping out everything we do here. And we're getting these really clean beers from it. That's awesome. So I haven't played around with it yet. We just started using it at the uh, local homebrew shop where I work and, uh, or offering, I should say. Um, so how long have you been using it for? Do you use it on all of your beers now or just certain ones? Yeah, so it's just a, a couple styles right now. Um, but we, we use three rotating strains of, of Vike. Uh, we've been using them for probably about six months now aggressively. Um, I think we play with them a little bit more than, than some of the other brewers, brewers here. Uh, when they first came out, everybody was a little worried about them because there wasn't a lot of information. Uh, some of the off flavors associated with them were, uh, you know, rubber tire, which which definitely isn't sexy if you're brewing a 30, 50 gal- uh, barrel batch. And so for us, it was fun to play with. But now they're all very dialed in. Um, so we definitely use Voss, Hornendahl. Um, I think we're getting ready to start using Hothead as well. Um, but they're all really clean. And, uh, and it's fun getting to play with, like, different aspects of, like, lagering a, a Vike strain, yeah. which is like, all right, we're going we're gonna to ferment in the 70s yeah. and we're lagering, right? Um, but these beers are also quick to turn around. So instead of us taking a two- to three-week process, uh, we're do- dropping it down to 12, 11 days to finish beer from brew day, which is really cool. So, like you're saying earlier, you have a ton of different styles on tap, uh, and crazy styles. Like I said, like the smoked goze, which is just crazy to me. Um, how do you come up with those? Is that just from inspiration, from food, maybe in the area, or other brews you've had? How do you do that? Yeah, we. So we have three people that that brew, and I and I'm including myself in that. Although I rarely get to touch the beer as much as I'd like to now. Um, but most of the time we, we pick a really obscure style that, that nobody's heard of because then it's fun to experiment with it. We learn a lot about that process. Uh, like right now we have a, a damp beer on. Nobody has heard of a damp beer. Most people that come in, uh, probably nine out of every ten people that walk in have to ask what it is, uh, which is cool. It gives us another excuse to interact with all of our patrons and everything, which is awesome. Um, but then we're forced to learn the style uh, and then how to how to really develop recipes around these obscure styles. Um, so that, um, the gozas are always fun. So smoked wheat is a really weird thing to add in a goza, but it's super balanced. Um, most of the time we'll all pick different styles and we're like, all right, let's, let's do this one this time. Uh, but we were very conscious about having a variety of beers to where anybody can drink something at all times. So we find a really nice balance of experimenting, but also keeping like, like a Vienna lager on there for everybody. Uh, we always have to have a porter or a stout on. Uh, you definitely have to have IPAs on tap. Um, and then so something sour, something a little sweet, definitely hit every, every taste note you can think of while still experimenting on each edge of the spectrum. Yeah. We actually went to Medusa a few weeks ago up in... Uh was it Marlboro? Yeah, I think it's in Marlboro. Um, and they had a Dom beer on tap as well. And that was the first time I've had it. And I was like, this is so cool. Um, so kudos to you guys doing something crazy different like that. That's awesome. Um, so you were talking earlier, kind of New Orleans. Are you guys known for the brown and the pale ale, I think is what you were saying? Is that kind of the New Orleans beer? or? 
No, that's just kind of what it was. Like, uh, like five years ago, while every other place in the country was able to brew IPAs or, or stouts and everything and come up with, uh, with a nice repertoire of beer to sell from a manufacturing standpoint, Louisiana was still at the point where we have to take market share back from the bigger brewers. So Blondale was like the first thing. What craft beer can we start to overturn the classic American lager uh, drinkers? So Blondale was first. Brown ale was like, whoa, we're gonna give people a dark beer, and I like and a brown ale. Yeah. So that that was really wild back then, and uh, and now if you if you have a blonde or a brown, most people are like, what what the hell are you brewing? Like, why do you have this here? Nobody wants to drink this. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny how quick it's changed, and uh, and the whole scene is really developing quickly now. Definitely. So then kind of along those lines, is there anything that frustrates you with the industry that is now growing and starting to kind of boom in the area? Yeah. So we every it's always frustrating for different reasons. Um, so while while the public is intrigued in certain styles, um, most of the most of the brewing community, the beer nerds and everybody, especially us, um, we're, we're way beyond that. Yeah. But we still have to kind of backtrack to keep everybody happy. Um, so while we start focused, yeah, yeah. So while we're still focused on brewing IPAs and stuff, the souring side is, is really where we're going to get a lot more passionate. Um, cause you get a, just so much more complexity from different long-term aging, uh, your beer, like we have a beer to guard that's, uh, that's in bottles and every now and then we'll pop one open and, uh, we brewed it, uh, about a year and a half ago when we first brewed it. Uh, I mean, it was, it was nice, funky, um, definitely a strong malt character. Now we've tasted one the other day and it tastes like we've all of a sudden 50% Belgian candy sugar is in there now. So it has this crazy complex character that we was never there before. So taking the time and actually letting your beers age and start to experiment how age affects different styles is, is what's really fun. So then do you think the IPA craze is going to slow down at all or? No. No, so as yeah, the IPA craze is always going to be there, but it's uh, it's always interesting to see different people's take on it. Um, so as the cannabis industry starts to grow and that becomes more and more of a thing, um, hops and cannabis are still closely related. So the hoppier the beers, the more euphoric your buzz is. So seeing how other brewers take advantage of that and seeing how uh, how you can convert. Um, you can convert smokers to drinkers, vice versa, and, and start to really develop a more communal relationship between the two is, is exciting. Is, uh, is hop like legal down here or is it, um, I said hop weed, is weed legal down here or is it, um, still illegal? Um, can you use it in your beers yet or no? Cause we're kind of experimenting it up in, uh, in New England right now. So. Yeah, it is definitely 100% illegal here. Um, I think one of the the bills that just passed was uh, was around CBD. Even that is that is still considered uh, a touchy subject. But um, we're starting to develop that relationship with uh, with the local governing agencies to figure that uh, while weed is decriminalized now, it is still very much illegal. So um, it'll it'll get there. Louisiana is definitely one of the the last states to get on board with everything so we just kind of ride the wave (laughs) which just seems so weird considering i don't know new orleans just seems such like a crazy fun place to be why would you not have everything legal here i don't like you know and go buy a fishbowl of everclear and some kool-aid and walk in the street with it and you're totally fine but you know there's no logic all right 
Um, what do you think the next trend in beer is going to be? Or are you hoping for anything? Um, I think the sour world is definitely where it's going. Uh, especially now with beer slushies being a thing. Um, sour beers are definitely there. They're better in beer slushies. Yeah. Um, that acidity is super pleasant. Um, so going off of most sour drinkers here are definitely looking for something super acidic. They want their mouth to pucker. Nola does a really good job of it. Um, I think all of their sours are like in the high twos pH. Um, but going off of that, you start pulling off, you know, different strains of Brett that don't necessarily develop an acidity, but you're starting to develop a little bit more funky characteristics, uh, the, the horse blanket. So that's going to make a return where it's not so weird like it was four years ago. Um, and so more and more uh, yeast strains and bacteria strains are going to start becoming more prevalent. Um, instead of right now where just hops or the hop varieties or what everybody goes for, malt varieties are starting to grow, um, fermentation, bacteria, everything, all of those, we're, we're creating a bunch more variables now. So it's going to start to dial in and everybody's going to start to find their niche. That's awesome. So seasons here, I mean, I guess you must have a winter-ish, right? <laughs> um, we have about 11 months of summer. And so you're here, um, and it's overcast right now, and it's still like 90 degrees. Uh, it's 100% humidity all the time. Uh, I think uh, it's usually not until about February where it starts cooling down. Every now and then we'll have a small cool front, so we hit like the high 70s or 80s from here on out. Um, March, we have some 40-degree days, but the 40-degree days are like bone-chilling because it's still super humid. Yeah. So if it rains, you're like just dying outside. Um, but it's great because that's always around festival season. So Mardi Gras and everything, it's a little bit cooler. Uh, but it, it'll stay like this for a long time. <laughs> so how does that affect um, the beers that, I guess, are popular? Like, I know for me, it's like all I want to drink is like a lager or, or a Pilsner or something really light, you know. Um, how do your dark beers survive? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people have trouble with dark beers, but most of the drinking community here is, is just pretty open to experiment with drinking as well. So day drinking is very much a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dark beers, barrel-aged bourbon stouts, everything, you know, you're not, people still drink them in the heat. Um, everybody started to, to figure out where their cool, comfortable uh, AC-driven areas are right now. Awesome. So I know you talked about Pliny the Elder is kind of what I've grasped onto, I guess. <laughs> but are there other beers or breweries or brewers specifically that have inspired you to be the brewer and, you know, brew you are today? I'll, I'll go back to, like, old school Dogfish Head. Okay. So back yeah. when they had that show, I think it was called Brewmasters. Yeah, maybe. It was, it was on the Discovery <laughs> Channel a long time okay. ago. It only had, I think, five episodes. Um that was always really intriguing to me that they were using just really weird ingredients and, uh, and like Sam would go travel the world and, you know, brew chicha with his whole staff chewing corn. And so I always thought that was really fun. And that's kind of like the homebrewing community. Um, you're constantly experimenting with different things. Um, and it actually was, it was funny when we first opened, we had a two week period of us just leaving the door unlocked where it was legal for us to sell beer, but we didn't want to, we didn't have enough beer yet to really like <laughs> announce that we're open. Uh, one of the guys that came in, uh, this dude, Jonathan, and he was on, he was actually on the show. So he it was the guy that's uh, 
super famous for for pulling the lever and dumping a batch of 120 minute that didn't ferment out and uh and so he came a few times and uh and it was just funny like when we first opened like that was that was their biggest inspiration so having them come through like right when we opened was was like a reminder it was like all right cool now we can brew weird beers it's gonna be okay <laughs> that's so cool um so then switching gears a little bit how do you um I guess read through all the noise, like for instance, untapped, you know, how do you feel about that? Do you enjoy reading the reviews? I mean, do you get anything from them or at all? (laughs) Or like, is it just like all these people? I don't know. We definitely get a lot of good feedback and uh, whether it's negative comments or positive comments. um, If you have something very consistent across the board where this tastes weird, this tastes weird, we, we pull back and we're like, all right, let's, we got to figure this out. Um, Everybody here, we have no problem pulling a beer if we start to develop, uh, if something starts to develop um, flavor-wise. Uh, so we're very cognizant of that. The Now, you have really obscure comments, where, which are always funny to read. Like when we first opened, I think one of the comments was like, the best thing they had on tap was water. And, uh, and it's always funny seeing how people go because, yeah. I mean... I grew up in the generation where, you know, trolling people online was, was a thing. So I'm a smart ass. So it's always funny seeing things like that uh, and seeing how people react. Um, but yeah, we're also in a time where like people are reacting super negatively online and don't realize that they have such a wide audience now. Uh, so it's, it's really easy to, to blow off the, the super rude comments, but, uh, but it's also funny to kind of like play back with it and see how you can turn it into a good thing, you know? We also have a lot of fun with that. We'll uh, let you know after. Um, <laughs> so you kind of already told us what's next for you guys. Um, so I guess the next question would be, what's in your fridge at home? Ooh. I'm a big fan of Sierra Nevada Torpedo. Uh, so the old school hops are definitely what I like, um, especially right now. Unless I, that, we'll call those like the all day drinkers. Um, we usually always have some crooked stave at the house too. So if we want to just relax and, uh, and drink that in lieu of wine or something, that's what we'll do as well. Um, but I don't think you, you can't really beat like an all day torpedo, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That or like a, just a good dad beer. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, and then going along with that, what's your guilty pleasure beer? I'm still a fan of Old English, so I haven't had one in a long time, and eventually I'm gonna have to go. Uh, eventually, I have to go through and buy buy another case yeah. of it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So now, just let us know uh, your social media. You know, hashtags, ats, your uh, physical location. Where can we find you? Where can the New England people find you when they come and visit? Yeah, so we're located right outside the French Quarter at 2115 Decatur Street. Uh, we're one of the only breweries if you're staying downtown and walking distance. Um, everything, all our social media is at Brewcare, and it's spelled B-R-I-E-U-X-C-A-R-R-E. Uh, so you'll ne- we're one of the only breweries with an X, us and Parlow. <laughs> so just look at breweries with an X in their name, and you'll, you'll find us. <laughs> And then lastly, our favorite question, what are you most proud of? And that can be as vague as you want it to be. It doesn't have to be brewery related, just whatever you're proud of. Uh, I'll be honest, when we first started, I thought I was going to wear all the hats here and uh, be the head brewer and just be this badass that just breaks in and just tear up the brew scene. 
Um, the most I'm, thing I'm proud of is, uh, is the staffing here. So every time we hire somebody, everybody that starts a small business say the same thing. You know, each person is very, uh, you take it very seriously. So it's really cool when you don't have a high turnover rate and everybody you trusted to run your business with you is actually doing way beyond what you could have ever expected. So our, I say I don't get to brew that much because our brewing team does a great job. Uh, I throw wrenches in their plans all the time because I like brewing weirder things, um, but they're always on board. So that's definitely the thing I'm most proud of. Well, awesome. It's been great chatting with you. Um, hopefully, you know, some of the Winglers seriously come down. This beer is amazing. Um, check them out. And I guess that's it. Cheers. Cheers. Hey guys, thank you once again to listening to that awesome episode featuring our good friends, Brew Curry. Oh yeah. Out of New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, so next week we have an awesome episode for you, but before we tell you what that's going to be, uh, please, if you like this episode, let us know. We got a couple awesome reviews all last week on our latest episode, and uh, we want some more. So it helps us out more than you can. So if you like this and you're listening on a podcast platform, give us a five-star review and leave us a comment or two. What other ways can you find us on the social media? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That's Hashtag right. or at Brewroots. And uh, this episode wouldn't sound as good as it does without our amazing work. Sungai Ryan! Ryan! So, Ryan, Hi. what is your email if anyone wants to get your services? Uh, you can email me either at soundguyryan at brewers.com or my professional email, which is ryan at ryanblaneysounddesign.com. Oh, that's really professional. That is really professional. And uh, until next week, we have our friends up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire for our season finale of Season Brewers, finale! Which is crazy. It is crazy. We're Yo, I've been here a full season, guys. This is crazy. This was episode 90, and next one will be episode 91, and next season crazy. we're going to hit 100 bajillion but uh yeah so uh loaded question out of um portsmouth new hampshire which our friend scott and kevin york uh helped help secure, secure this episode yes. so shout out to them and uh thank you once again to brew Carey and all the guests this season we will see you next week cheers cheers, cheers.